Okay, we want to, we've been getting some conversations regarding gross profit. Numbers. What the hell is gross profit? How do you get there? How do you figure out? Right? And how do you know exactly what your gross profit is supposed to be? What, what percentage of GP should you be bringing in to make sure that all your bills are paid? And most importantly, you are paid. Yeah, it's all about, I mean, it's not all about profit, but damn sure most of it is, uh, without question. You have to have profit. And that entails, what does it entail? Knowing your numbers. You must know your numbers, right? And so what is gross profit? How do you get there? The definition is, I want to read this, gross profit is the profit a company makes after deducting the costs associated with making and selling its product or the costs associated with providing its services. Okay? So when you take out the cost of whatever it, whatever it costs you to make or, or provide your service, right? Now, this does not take out um, your expenses your office expenses or company expenses, but you must take out all of the costs associated with producing, manufacturing uh, your product or, or um, providing the service. Gross profit will appear on a company's income statement and be calculated by subtracting the COGS or cost of goods sold from revenue, which is sales. Right? So your very top line should be sales. Then you have, you should have sales. The next line would be additional income. For example, interest income, um, rental income, anything that you have that is not something you sold. Okay? If I rented out some bays in my shop, that would not be regular income that would be rental income right you guys with me right another thing is if i went out and did a job myself off-site for something that was not automotive but i ran it through the company that would be additional sales well you you probably won't have much if anything other than um interest from your bank if if in fact your bank pays interest and today, a lot of them do not pay interest on, on commercial businesses, which I find aggravating as heck. Um, but the Frank Dodd Act is, a, is another conversation that we'll have probably next week. And it's going to probably, when you start to delve into Frank Dodd, it will freak the hell out of everybody. Um, it, it, it's freaking the hell out of me the more I learn about it. Anyway, we'll get back to. So gross profit comes after. So you have top line sales, additional income, and then you have all of the things that are considered your COGS, your cost of goods sold. Now, what does that mean, cost of goods sold? What the hell is that? So when we started this conversation four years ago, someone infamously said, well, my bookkeeper didn't set it up to show me cost of goods sold. Why is that? I said, well, your bookkeeper set it up to make it easy for the bookkeeper to do their job, 
no offense, they don't really think about what it takes for you as the business owner slash CEO to do your job. I mean, honestly, right? Who does that? Who thinks about Very few people, regardless of the industry, regardless of what it is you're doing, think about the next guy down the line. Okay, I mean, we focus on our little fiefdom, on what it is that we have to take care of for us to be good or right or solid, whatever, whatever it is that you need to, whatever term it is you use in your business, right? So COGS, and I'm sure everybody understands this, but we want to make sure that uh, everyone is good. So COGS, cost of goods sold, refers to the direct cost, the direct cost of producing the goods sold by a company. Now, that can either be uh, a service or a product. So please, if, if my speech kind of slips and I don't say something that's 100% exactly applicable to you, just think about it and go, okay, how does this work for me? Is that fair? Because I want to get everybody in here and I want to answer whatever questions you have because if you don't know your numbers, you cannot successfully run a business. Doesn't matter your business, okay? The recipe is exactly the same. You must have sales. To, to create those sales, you must have cost of goods sold. You have certain costs involved in making those sales. And then you have what are leftovers expenses. And then you have net profit. It's all about the net profit. How do you make that number bigger than it is, right? Cost of goods sold refers to the direct cost of producing the goods and or services sold by the company. So this amount includes the cost of materials and labor that is directly used to create the good, whether the good is a product or a service. So if you got a guy building a house, what you pay that guy to build a house is part of cost of goods sold. The beautiful person that's answering the phone saying, hello, I'm going to build your house for you. That is not a cost of goods sold. You get the difference? Well, somebody's swinging a hammer and someone's swinging one of these things going, hello, how are you? Okay. Hammers, cost of goods sold. Telephone, not so much. Unless, unless what they're doing on the phone directly contributes to the product or good being, being manufactured. And that's really freaking hard to do with a phone. You got to have somebody freaking doing something, building something, making something, servicing something, really to be cost of goods sold. So you guys clear? You got that? Right? Now, if Eric had a winery... And he, was, he had a winemaker. The winemaker would be cost of goods sold. The little chick out there selling it, uh, it could go either way, depending on your business, your industry, and how it's set up. So we can, we can run that, right? Now, again, I want to be clear. Cost of goods sold excludes indirect expenses such as distribution costs, salespeople, receptionists, um, you, you got a, 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 a mail costs, 
right? None of that contributes or applies to COGS. Those are, those are indirect expenses. Cost of goods sold can also be referred to as cost of sales. If you have questions about that, cool, I'm all about it. The takeaways, cost of goods sold, COGS, include all of the costs and expenses directly related to the production of goods. COGS exclude indirect, such as overhead and sales and marketing. Ads do not fall under COGS. Any marketing, no COGS. Marketing didn't do anything. It brought people to call your phone for the cute person who says, hello, I'm going to build your house. Or I'm going to build you a trust or whatever it is. So Scarlet is clearly not cost of goods sold. Right? The, the COGS is de deducted from revenue or sales. That's, again, top line sales. When you look at your P&L statement, when you look at all your monthly things that you get from your accountant, the very top line usually is sales. And if sales tax are, are applied to your product or service, that is not included in your top line sales if it's done properly because it is not really part of sales, okay? Um, the value of COGS will change depending on the accounting standards that are used in your calculations. So every, every uh, accountant, every bookkeeper, they're gonna have their, their way of setting it up. And I'm gonna tell you, you, you just wanna make sure you are cool with GAAP which is the general accounting, uh, general accounting principles. You, you must comply with that because if, if, you're, not, if you're outside of that, your numbers, uh, you may not be able to deduct things, okay? So again, if, if you're building something or in, in, in uh, I'm, I'm, again, I'm trying to make this so it applies to everyone, okay? And some, it's taken more brain power. But you have an inventory, like I have an inventory in our building of parts. And so at the beginning of the month, I have a, a certain number, call it $20,000 in inventory. And at the end of the month, I have $15,000 worth of inventory. So I also, every day, I add more parts to my inventory. So I may run through $80,000 in inventory and all of that directly. You go, wait a minute, how'd you, how'd you do $80,000 of inventory when you only had 20 to begin with? Because we replenish all day, every day. We're constantly filling the cup of inventory. And if I start with 20,000 up here and by the end of the month, I'm at 15,000, I take that five grand plus whatever we added to it and that is the inventory, uh, the purchases during the period, okay? And this shows um, inventory that sold appears in the income statement under cost of goods account. There are, again, so, so many different types of, of cost of goods sold calculations. They have FIFO, they have LIFO, they have average cost methods. Uh, those are the, the three that really come to mind. I don't think it really matters which system you use as long as you are compliant with the law. And you want, you want as much as you can into your cost of goods sold, right? This, this, helps, this helps you with your pricing 
So for example, let's say sends a guy over to my house and he's going to get rid of my bugs for me because my bugs bug me. I hate bugs, hate bugs. Whoa. And damn sure don't want them. So he's going to, his guy's going to come over and he's going to put some chemicals somewhere on my house or around my house or in my house. He's going to use some amount of anti-bug stuff. The anti-bug stuff is that cost of goods sold. Absolutely. How about the guy doing the job? Is that cost of goods sold? Very good. Absolutely. How about, how about the truck that the guy drove over to my house for cost of goods sold? Is that cost of goods or is that expense? It's cost of goods sold. It is an expense. So is the chemical. So is the guy. But if he wasn't coming to my house, he wouldn't need the truck. Does that make sense? The, he has the truck. Why does he have the truck? Oh, shit, he's got a, he's got a 10,000-gallon tank on the back. He's got all of his chemicals. He's got his little booties. He's got all of his, his jet pack and his Zoom flyers and you know, whatever the hell he's got, right? He's got, he's got $6 million worth of equipment on this little Tacoma pickup truck. Couldn't get a 10 million gallon tank just for the record, okay? That <laughs> <laughs> you're going to attribute to a particular job, though, because he's got a lease payment of whatever it is, 300 bucks a month. What you do is you take that lease payment of $300 a month to use the exact. I don't, can you get a lease payment on a truck for three? Anyway, for $300 a month, right? You, you take that monthly lease payment, and this is, why you, this is why accountants and bookkeepers can never give you an accurate P&L until after the month has ended. So your cost of goods sold is going to fluctuate every single month, unfortunately. Because let's say this month, Alex has that guy doing 100 jobs. The cost of goods sold per, per job for the truck is $3 per job. Now, next month, he has a bang-up month, and the guy's doing 600 jobs. What happened to the cost of goods sold per job on the truck? He got cut in half, didn't it? So now we have $1.50 of cost of goods sold. So when you're calculating, get because this is, this is so freaking important. You can't price. Alex can't say, well, let's see. Um, this month, I'm going to have to change my pricing because I know I'm going to be busier. It's bug season coming up, and I know I got a shit ton more work to do. So I'm going to change. I'm going to lower my pricing. No, that's when you add more profit. You add your profit for the times that your cost of goods sold doubles. You must be able. You've got to put. You've got to fill the cup before you can get anything out of the cup. And if you don't have good net profit, good net profit during the really fat times, you will not stay in business during the lean times. Okay? I'm just telling you. I'm absolutely telling you. You must average no less than 10% net profit. That means that some months you're going to have 20%. 
booyah, party. Don't spend it. Don't be a dumbass. You fill up your coffers. You fill your war chest. You make sure that you have the funds in the bank to survive COVID and the next one that's coming. And you can only do that when you fully understand and are proficient with your numbers. You got to know what your shit costs to, to do, right? You can't sell a, you can't buy a bottle of wine for $10 and sell it for $12 and do that for any length of time. <laughs> you couldn't stay in business. You couldn't, you couldn't pay the rent. You couldn't pay the electric. You can't pay yourself. You can't, you can't do anything. Now, can you take that same $10 bottle of wine, sell it for 30, 40, 50, whatever the market is, okay? Let's say Eric got an amazing screaming deal. He says, you know what, normally, normally I have to, I, I buy this for $25. It's on closeout. I can buy $10 a bottle now, but I got to buy 10 cases. But if I buy all 10 cases, I get a screaming deal. I lower my price from $25 per bottle to $10 per bottle. Should Eric lower his price on the wine? I say no. I say no unless Eric has an opportunity through a mailing list and a license that allows him to send this to the mail and he can sell it today. The same day he buys it, he's got to sell it. Every freaking bottle. Because then you don't worry so much about, you, you're working on volume. See? And it costs you nothing. You never, you never even touched it. Okay? It doesn't, it's, it's a beautiful flow through. But I still wouldn't sell it at 10 bucks or $12. I'd sell it for at least 20 Because even at $20, what's happening? You're buying it. You're buying, pay attention, you're buying it for 20% below wholesale. Well, shit, who, I'm a crazy buyer. If I find a deal where it's 20% wholesale, back up the truck. I got a deep storage compartment. I know how to do that. I just found Keenan, Keenan Merlot normally retails for $45 a bottle. I got it for $18, $18 a bottle. How could I say no? Eric, you can't buy it for $18 a bottle. How do I know? I buy it from the freaking winery. From the winery, it costs me $32 plus shipping, and shipping shipping is usually $50 a case. So divide that $50 by 12 bottles, and you get an extra $4 and change per bottle. So this cost me $36 plus to get that. I bought it at half of what I can buy it for from the freaking uh, winery. That's unheard of. Go back to gross profit. There's a different, and I want to be clear, gross profit is different than gross profit margin. We got two different terms that sound almost the same. Okay, so let's go back into that conversation. Gross profit is the profit a company makes after deducting the costs associated with making and selling its products or the costs associated with providing its services. Okay? Gross profit appears on a company income statement and be calculated by subtracting the cost of goods sold from revenue sales. 
Gross profit margin is calculated by subtracting the cost of goods sold from total revenue and dividing that number by total revenue. The top number, okay, so you take your, your top line sales minus your cost of goods. Again, let's, let's just use a hypothetical number. So you have $100,000 in total sales. Your cost of goods sold are $20,000. This leaves you $80,000, right? And again, I'm doing this in my head, so bear with me. You got top line sales of 100. You have cost of goods of 20. This leaves you 80. So you take the top line number in the equation, which is known as your gross profit, right? And you divide, you take out your cost of goods sales. So you got 80,000. And then you divide that by your top line sales number. This gives you a gross profit margin of 80%. So you have a gross profit margin of 80%. So now, what's left? The difference between gross profit, well, what ha how do you get to net profit? Because net profit's important, right? Net profit. The difference between gross profit and net profit is when you subtract out your ordinary expenses. So gross profit is your business revenue minus cost of goods sold. Net profit is your business revenue after subtracting all operating costs, the interest you have to pay, the tax expenses, telephone bills, utility bills, et cetera, et cetera, in addition to deducting your COGS, your cost of goods sold. That leaves you the little bit of it at the bottom. Now, this kind of brings you to what the hell's a good profit margin? What what's a good net profit margin? And I'm gonna tell you, I don't know for you. I don't know what it is in your industry. I know what it is in our industry. Okay. I know what it is in most, I'm going to just swag out there and go, most companies, the rule of thumb, and again, please be clear, I'm not an attorney, I'm not a, an accountant, I don't play one on TV, and this is a generalization. A good profit margin, a general rule of thumb, is 10% net profit is considered average. 20% margin is considered high or really good. And a 5% margin is considered low. In our business, in our industry, the cost of goods sold, I'm sorry, the uh, net profit in the automobile repair business usually fluctuates between 3 and 5%. The average auto repair shop in the United States of America does between three hundred and fifty dollars and $375,000 a year in total sales. 
total sales, $375,000 a year in total sales. Normally, they have one or two employees, and the owner puts $19,000 net profit in his pocket. And I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't answer the phone for nineteen grand. My standard of living, my financial thermostat got cranked way up there. I like good wine. I like driving nice cars. I like my lifestyle a lot. I'm, I'm just telling you. I, you, I would recommend that you figure out, uh, check out some of the industry groups that you're in. I know that in the restaurant business, if you find someone who can bang out a 20% net profit in the restaurant business, they walk on water. They are freaking heroes. They're on the cover of every damn magazine you'll find about the restaurant business. Okay. They also happen to be people like Thomas Keller. And that guy does walk on water. I don't think he's had a failed project yet. Um, and also, he's the guy who has the French Laundry, which is notoriously in the top 10 best restaurants in the world. And I think it's still $250 per person. And the only choice on the menu is whether it's vegetarian or not vegetarian. And if you want the wine pairing with it, it's an additional, uh, I think it was $2,400 for the wine pairing. So you'll spend three grand for dinner for two. That's a shit ton of profit. Okay. The, mo the food is amazing. Uh, we were there a few years ago, and I would tell you that if you're a foodie, it is the one place in America that I would tell you, you must go before you die. And honestly, I wouldn't die if I don't go back. <laughs> so it, it's fun stuff, good stuff, uh, it, a crazy experience. And man, if you're a foodie, it's got to be on your list. Got to be. So I hope I, I hope I went over that sufficiently with enough details. Uh, anything else that you want to know about it, please just let me know. I'll be, I'll be honored to, uh, to create a video, to make a sheet, uh, a storyboard, whatever it is that you guys need or want on this. But I will tell you, uh, and Laura will, will verify this, that when she started her diabetes program, man, she was – she was knocking it out of the park. The marketing uh, hit. It was one of the most amazing things that either of, either of us had ever seen. And at the end of the month, she goes, why is my bank account down? I'm freaking losing money. It makes no sense to me. I'm working my ass off. I got all these patients coming in, and I'm losing money. And literally, we looked at it and said, you know, what are your cost of goods sold? And she says, well, I think it's this. I said, well, no, no, no. We got to know. You must know. And it turned out that what they told her, her mentor told her to price things out at was less than half of what it should have been. This is one of those deals where she was buying the freaking bottle of wine for $20 and selling it for 10 and wondering how come she was not making money. Let's buy a bigger truck. Well, that doesn't help. If you don't know what it costs you to buy it, to produce it, to make it a, a usable to your customer, you have no business selling it to begin with. Unfortunately, 
in this time and I'm looking, I'm looking at marketing, I'm looking at advertising, I'm seeing what people are putting out there. And unfortunately, it's the slow, deadly spiral to zero. And it's happening across all industries. People in business, young, small business owners that don't know shit about business think that the only way they can get someone into their business is to be the cheapest person out there. Well, that's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. All you're going to do is put yourself out of business. You've got to, I'll match anybody's price. Why would you do that? You don't know what it costs that person to run their business. You have no freaking concept. You must find out what it costs you to run your business, to do your job before you can price it. And just because you go, hey, I'm buying this for $10, I'm going to sell it for 20 that does not mean you will be profitable. I'm sorry, I wish it did. But if your costs are 2.5 what it costs you to buy it, you're losing a lot of money. You lose 25% every time you sell that product. Now, my friend, Dr. Uh, Lawrence uh, Steinmetz, brilliant man, and I'll, I'll bring his books out to you if you guys want to see it at the next meeting. He is a, an ec economist, and he will show you statistically on Excel spreadsheets that if you, if you raise your price by 10%, you must lose 26% of your customers before you lose money. Not, not must, but you, there's a, you some can. margin. Yeah, 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 the margin is you, you would have to lose 26% of your customers. Thank you, Doc. You would have to lose 26% of your customers before you made less money than you did before you raised your price. Does that, does that make sense? Okay. Consequently, if you lower your price by 10%, take a guess. What number do you have to do? 10% more? 5% more? 50% more. So in other words, if you lose, if you lower your price, if you're, if you're selling something for 100 bucks and you give someone a 10% discount, you have to sell for uh, $145 to make the same amount of money. The number's 200%. 200%. So you're saying that instead of selling to, um, what, did, what, what was the number of? of 100 bucks. So say, you're, you're selling for 100 bucks. Okay, so if you sell something for $100 and you lower it by 10%, that means that you have to sell 200 of them in order to make up the money from... No. If you're selling something for, for $100 and you say, I'm going to give you a 10% discount, that gives you to $90. You must sell it for $180. You must sell $180 worth to make the same profit you made selling one at 100 Yeah. Because remember... Most companies in America work on a freaking 10% net profit. When you gave up that 10%, that was right off the top that came. Hey, guess where that came from? Your pocket. From your pocket. Came out of your pocket. So you just, you had, you authorized your employees to give someone $10 right out of your pocket. That's from the net profit, the bottom line. 
And this is something that you have to really be um, very diligent about anyone that sells for you, that they do not have authority to give discounts. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. They go, well, I just gave this guy a discount. Why? We track everything. We must track everything. Here, here's a, here it is on a billboard. My friend Keith Cunningham says, here it is on a billboard. Bumper sticker. A bumper sticker. That's right. I, I, here it is on a bumper sticker. That's how I stayed in business for 40 years. You tracked everything? I track everything. I know what my cost of goods are. I know what it costs me to produce an oil change. I know what it costs me to do a brake job. I know what it costs me to do an engine. I I know my costs. And I'm very judicious with who gets to give a discount. I don't just give discounts because I I want to. 